Part of the Food and Drug Administration's charge involves drug approval. Its cadre of scientific and technical experts determine if drugs are safe and effective and helps define the acceptable range of therapeutic uses and doses. Once a medicine is on the market, however, quite a lot can happen. So, aside from the FDA's regulatory authority to approve medications, what role does the agency play when it comes to ensuring that medications are used in the most optimal manner? Put another way, what is the FDA doing to help healthcare professionals reduce preventable medication errors? This is the FDA Voice, and I am your host, Dr. Charles Turk. My guests today are with the FDA's Safe Use Initiative, Dr. Karen Weiss, the project lead, and Dr. Dale Slavin, a senior policy analyst. Dale and Karen, welcome to the program. Thanks for having us on the show. Yes, thank you. Maybe you could start by telling us what the Safe Use Initiative is. Sure. I think it's first helpful to start out by reiterating that all medications come with certain risks. And some of those risks cannot be avoided, even when you apply the most state-of-the-art information about the patient and the medication. An example, for instance, would be the myelosuppression that comes with using certain chemotherapies or maybe the drowsiness that comes from taking certain antihistamines. Even though we can't necessarily prevent those kinds of side effects, healthcare providers and patients or consumers need to be aware of those risks. The Safe Use Initiative, however, is not about those kinds of unavoidable risks, but about the risks that come from medications that can be prevented. And it's all about creating partnerships with the larger healthcare community to try to reduce the preventable harm from medications. Well, in fact, many injuries are associated with medication use, and many of these are preventable. In fact, up to 50%, depending on the population, the setting, the terminology used, could be prevented with currently available knowledge. And the Institute of Medicine estimated the costs of preventable medication harm to annually exceed $4 billion. Thus, we can think about preventable harm not only having a physical toll, but also a financial toll on those who are affected by the harm. So, Safe Use is a new program within the FDA to reduce preventable harm. And when we think about preventable harm, we think, for instance, about the errors that occur when prescribing or dispensing or administering or even just taking a medication. There can also be harm from accidental exposure to a medication, and that usually occurs, for instance, in small children who get into their mother's purse and find a bottle of pills and just go ahead and take it. And there's also the preventable harm that occurs when individuals deliberately misuse or abuse medications. So safe use will consider all these forms of preventable harm. The safe use initiative is a different sort of role for the FDA. This type of harm is really talking about changing practices and changing behaviors. And the FDA, of course, does not regulate practices and behaviors. But we do feel we can work in partnership with other organizations and groups within healthcare that maybe have more of an ability to influence behavior and practices. We can work with these groups to identify drugs associated with preventable harm, and develop and hopefully implement various types of activities to reduce this form of preventable harm. Thus, the Safe Use Initiative is meant to be a collaborative effort between FDA and members of the healthcare community. And we want to define and then bridge the information gaps in understanding how to optimally use FDA-regulated medications. 
And the Safe Use Initiative is also to understand the barriers to optimally using medications. And when we talk about collaborations with the healthcare community, we at the FDA are really thinking about creating partnerships with those people and organizations involved anywhere along the medication use process, meaning prescribing, dispensing, administering, consuming regulated medications. And under this initiative, we really can't do this alone. We need all of the healthcare community to work with us on improving this uh, form of medication safety. How did the initiative evolve within the FDA? Well, throughout the history of the FDA, Congress has actually given us authorities and and over the recent years expanded our authority to reduce risks from medications. And there are many things I could talk about, but just for an example, some medications cannot be dispensed unless there is a prescription, meaning that there's a learned intermediary or a physician involved in the process. And then prescription medications contain FDA-approved information for prescribers. And that is information that tells prescribers many things about the medication, including, for instance, what we know to date about the drug's side effects. And if a side effect is particularly serious, we may require that it be displayed prominently in what is known as a boxed warning. Also, with the passage of the Food and Drug Administration Amendments Act, or FDAAA, or as we call it, FDA, which was passed in 2007, FDA has been given more authority over the safety of the medical products we regulate. For instance, under FDA, we have greater ability to require that the drug manufacturers update the safety information in the prescribing information. Again, that's your tissue paper insert that comes with every single drug. But even with this new authority, we have certain constraints on how we can regulate the safe use of medications. And in addition, despite all the information that we can provide on safety and safe use of medications, we know that preventable harm still occurs, either because there's gaps in the information or in the receipt of the information or just from mistakes. So the Safe Use Initiative is a natural outgrowth that follows and picks up from FDA's regulatory authority. We see it as a way to bridge the safety information gaps by working with and through the healthcare community at large. So how exactly is this different from what the FDA does now? Well, our FDA regulatory authority allows us to require that certain safety information be included in the prescribing information about the drug or require that a company conduct certain safety studies. And even though we have these regulatory authorities that should increase drug safety, we know that despite all these regulatory efforts, preventable medication harm occurs. And it occurs in every setting that you can imagine. So it's in the hospital, in the ambulatory care setting, in a long-term care, and even in the home. And it occurs with prescription as well as non-prescription, otherwise known as over-the-counter medications. The Safe Use Initiative will reach out to the healthcare community and to those who use our regulated products in a collaborative manner to identify drugs associated with preventable harm, and then to develop ways to increase the safe use of these medications, thereby reducing preventable harm. What do you hope to accomplish with the Safe Use Initiative? Well, Charles, although we cannot tackle every safe use issue, we hope to define specific projects involving FDA-regulated drugs that are associated with significant and measurable amounts of preventable harm. 
The identification of these specific areas would be through an open and transparent process that would include the healthcare community. These candidate areas need to be carefully analyzed for their potential for coordinated efforts to better manage the medication risks and reduce the preventable harm from these candidate medications. And this, of course, would be in collaboration with healthcare stakeholders. So we're interested in hearing from and collaborating with all those people and groups interested in and willing to partner with FDA's Safe Use Initiative to identify drugs, develop practical interventions to reduce the harm, and also to help develop measures that can show that there was a positive impact on improving the knowledge and optimal management of these drugs or drug classes. Do you happen to have anything that you're working on currently? Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, we do. We've identified several pilots, drug or drug classes, that have been associated with preventable harm. And our products are still in the very early stages of development because this initiative is quite new. One that comes readily to mind are the class of medications known as long-acting beta agonists, or abbreviated as LABAs, for the treatment of patients with asthma. Now, LABAs have been on the market for many years, and we've now learned that LABAs should not be used as a single agent or alone for the treatment of patients with asthma, but should be used as add-on therapy to another medication, such as an inhaled corticosteroid, if the patient is still not under adequate control of their asthma symptoms. We've learned that when LABAs are used alone, there appears to be an increase in the risks of asthma-related hospitalizations and sometimes even asthma-related death. So FDA, as part of its regulatory authority, recently required the manufacturers of these drugs to highlight the safety information in the prescribing information and is in the process of working with the manufacturers to determine additional studies that can better help understand and elucidate these risks. As a complementary activity under safe use, we want to know how to best continue to disseminate the safety information to the healthcare community. And we also want to develop partnerships with other groups, such as insurers, healthcare plans, and healthcare providers to really influence and improve prescribing practices. Another drug area that Safe Use has been looking into is acetaminophen, which has been the focus of a variety of advisory committee meetings, and there are regulatory activities that are ongoing with respect to reducing the risk of acetaminophen misuse and overdose. And of course, misuse and overdose, especially overdose, can lead to severe liver damage, hospitalization, and potentially death because of the loss of liver function. And we need to ensure that all of us understand that acetaminophen is a safe drug if taken as it directed. With all drugs, there are risks, and especially if directions and dosing instructions are not followed. The regulatory activities associated with acetaminophen can only cover so much, and we will need to do a number of different additional activities to bridge the regulatory information and provide information to all those who recommend, prescribe, administer, or use acetaminophen. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the FDA Voice on ReachMD, Radio XM 160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and I'm speaking with Drs. Dale Slavin and Karen Weiss about the FDA's Safe Use Initiative, which works with healthcare professionals to reduce preventable harm from medicine use. Now, Dr. Weiss, with whom do you envision partnering to ensure that the Safe Use Initiative is a success? We're interested in partnering with 
the larger healthcare community and organizations that connect with the healthcare community. So conceivably, we could collaborate with any number of organizations on a particular safe use activity. Partnerships, for instance, can involve medical professionals, such as physicians, their member organizations, pharmacy organizations, other types of healthcare professionals. We could also envisioning partnering with safety organizations, such as Institute for Safe Medical Practices. There's also the National Council on Patient Information and Education, and those are just some examples. So we could be partnering with other federal agencies, state health departments, pharmacies, and chain drugstores, or insurers. Those are all examples. The list of partners is really diverse, and it actually would depend on the particular drug, drug class, the particular activity that we're going to be developing to reduce the preventable harm of medications through influencing and enhancing safe medication use practices. What areas or processes in medicine and healthcare in general do you hope to affect with the Safe Use Initiative? Oh, wow. Well, I think all aspects of the healthcare process might benefit from safe use activities, but we do see ourselves as more focused on ambulatory care, where there is a possibility for variability in medication use and gaps in information on safe use, either at the point of healthcare provider care or at the point that a consumer or patient is taking a drug in their home. Although preventable harm from medications can occur in an inpatient as well as the outpatient or ambulatory setting, in general, there's probably more checks and balances in an inpatient or a hospital setting, more so than in the ambulatory environment. And when you think about over-the-counter medications, there are even fewer checks and balances. And so even though the Safe Use Initiative is going to cover potentially any and all settings, we're probably going to be spending more of our attentions and focus in the ambulatory care setting. Is there information on safe use that healthcare professionals could acquire or request? Oh, yeah, sure. For the Safe Use Initiative, we have information on our FDA website, which is located at www.fda.gov within the Public Health Focus tab. Or you can just type in the Safe Use Initiative as a search term in your browser and it'll pop right up and you can read it and we have all sorts of information on there. For instance, we have a concept paper and other information, a press release, other links to drug safety websites such as MedWatch, where anyone can get up-to-date safety information on FDA-regulated drugs. And if you wanted to learn about specific drug issues, such as safety recalls or new warnings, these also can be found as links on our FDA homepage. Now, say I, as a healthcare professional, wanted to present a topic or an idea to the Safe Use Initiative. How would I go about doing that? Oh, first of all, I want to say, Charles, that we would really welcome input into the Safe Use Initiative. And we have opened a docket for comments to be submitted. Although we cannot make every idea safe use activity, we welcome ideas about drugs or drug classes or possibly therapeutic areas that would benefit from safe use activities. The docket, which is sort of a repository for information, is located at regulations.gov. And again, you can just type that into your web browser and it'll come right up. And to get to the safe use docket, you can either type in the keyword safe use initiative or the notice number, which is FDA. 2009-N-0526. But I'd recommend just using Safe Use Initiative since that's a lot easier to remember. I'll second that. And (laughs) in addition to the docket, we've also initiated listening sessions with a number of professional and other groups within healthcare. In our listening sessions, we really want to get input about ideas, 
about safe use, barriers to safe use, and where these different groups might think we ought to put our priorities in the early stages of this initiative. Well, Drs. Weiss and Slavin, we're getting close to wrapping up. Do you happen to have any final words about the Safe Use Initiative? We really welcome your input, um, healthcare providers and the healthcare community's input in specific, and the collaboration of the healthcare community as we begin to bridge the information gaps and develop actions for reducing preventable harm and increasing safe medication use. Also, we need to find ways to measure the impact of our actions. The Safe Use Initiative is about you as healthcare providers and consumers creating partnerships to bridge the gaps and reduce preventable harm from suboptimal medication use. We've been talking with Drs. Karen Weiss and Dale Slavin with the FDA Center for Drug Evaluation Research's Safe Use Initiative. Dale and Karen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and you've been listening to the FDA Voice on ReachMD Radio XM 160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, and thank you for listening.